thank you guys for listening to the wannabes in this episode we deep dive into one of our questions for about two-thirds of the hour um huge shout outs to andre again thanks for the question yeah we also look at jd's 1v1 with zane so that is really exciting and how melee you know reaches through other parts of our life and we also bring back the wannabe watch list and some content that we've been loving this week oh yeah we hit a lot of deep topics kind of delve into you know our motivations our lowest moments and what drives us forward i would say this is a uh, pretty universal episode and one of our better ones yeah hope you guys enjoy wannabes episode 42 my name is jd this is wasabi and i don't sound like a robot (laughs) i do sound like a robot because it is 6 a.m again yep we're we're making it a little habit i guess Mm -hmm. i'm uh yeah thanks for doing this audible Mm. time yesterday was a little bit busy no it's all good man um yeah, I mean, I feel most alert. It's a fun little trade-off because my voice isn't warmed up, but I usually, like, think my best at this time. So it's like, okay, do you want to have good conversation that sounds like shit or the other way around? But we'll um, we'll hopefully get both of them good at some point. Maybe we'll do some vocal exercises next time. Yeah, it's always so weird doing this time also because it's just like, right before the week starts so it's it's always a fun way to start the week yeah i but agree it's weird how much of like a habit it's like we don't do it too often but it's weird how like clockwork it seemed this morning like i didn't even need to like i asked you but are you already asleep i was like oh what time are we doing this and i kind of already knew yeah so i was like don't worry i set an alarm it's like at 7 p.m hey do you want to go tomorrow morning all right yeah sure at 11 p.m uh, what time? <laughs> no answer. <laughs> and then I woke up. I'm like, ah, shit, six, right? And then you were up too. And we're like, all right. Well, anyway, um, I'm fine with it. We have yeah. let's um, shake things up for this podcast and yeah, answer the question first. Intro. We're gonna start with a question from one of our um, most active Discord participants, Andre. Thank you so much for your participation and for uh, presenting this question. So um, I guess I'll read part one. We'll go into it and then you'll read part two. That sounds great. Cool. So two parts to this question, non questions, more of a a prompt, but we loved it. So that's why we're going to start with it. And it starts off by saying, um, could you guys talk about one after tournament feelings a feeling determined to do better next time and improve the competitive fire you get from losing or even succeeding at your goal for that tournament. <clears throat> and this is a topic we've talked about before, um, but we could probably talk about it for eight episodes in a row because it's probably one of the most important kind of conversation pieces um, that goes into competitive melee. Like, wouldn't you say that, Will? Yeah, no, I think it's definitely, like, one of the most crucial periods, like, in Melee development. Like, there's a lot of time, like, spent to, like, practice and stuff like that. But, like, this and, like, how you handle losses, I think, really 
is very personal for Melee, but also important in terms of like becoming a better competitor. Right. So for me, the biggest kind of struggle is between the two. There's two sides of it. And I can kind of fall in between these two extremes, but it's all about the balance. So the first is a dismissal of the loss to forgive myself to say, oh, it's because of this. You know, it just came down to this one interaction. Let me make it practical. Um, At the last Hax's Nightclub, I lost to Young and I lost to Whiskers. So... Um, my first instinct is to say, oh, not bad losses. You know, it's good. Good players. Can't be mad. And I think that's a that could be a dangerous mindset um, if you don't get something practical out of it. So the dismissal of it is more of a protectionist sort of, you know, no, you're fine. Like, don't worry about it. Keep going. Um, just go. There's another tournament coming up. And that has its has its positives, but without the other side of the spectrum, which is um, really picking apart what I did wrong and highlighting areas of growth, then I'm not going to be able to get anything out of it. So for me, it was, okay, I lost first instinct, don't feel too bad. And then I had to kind of bring myself in the other Mm -hmm. direction of, no, I wasn't practicing enough. I should have been putting in my time going into the week and then I might have had a better performance. Um, there's a lot more to it, but that's kind of where I'm at. Do you do you find similar kind of conversations, Will? Yeah, I'm similar. Um, let's see, how do I explain, I guess, my feeling to it? So basically, I think it depends on like how things go. But so let's start talk first about like losing um, before like even succeeding at your goal. Uh, for the tournament, I think the thing is, is that it's about being very honest with like how you feel, and I think that's the most important part. So a lot of times, like I think in my earlier in my melee career, I was more gung ho to like be more of like that like main protagonist sort of stuff, where it's like, all right, like a loss will like kind of lead to more answers, or like you know, like there there's always like goods to take away from that loss, and I would emphasize that. But I wouldn't really address sometimes my frustrations with losing. And not that it, like, ever led to me being, like, a salt lord or whatever that you see in, like, GR Smash or whatever. But, you know, I think that's an important aspect, too, of of being a competitor at a tournament and going to a tournament regularly. Is that you have to be honest with your feelings. And even if you're, like, angry or frustrated, like, it's okay to be angry and frustrated as long as, like, you're not, like, kind of, like putting down anyone else. And I think that's something that I've learned within the last year is that, and, you know, to sort of let that sit in you is okay as well, because that's sort of what, you know, drove me to make a lot of the changes I did this past year. And I think that's super crucial because I think it's always easy to claim like, oh, I have a better mentality because I'm not mad about losing. But like, it's okay to be mad about losing and like, a lot of the good competitors are mad about losing. And I was actually talking with uh, Ryobeat about this too. It's like, you know, you're competing and you're playing this game and you're trying to be better. There's there's an inherent pride in that. And it's okay to, you know, care that you didn't 
uh, like meet your goal or, or, or didn't play well. I think the biggest thing is just how do you react after that? And like once you get all the emotions out, once you've kind of like detoxed that from your system, it's like, do you go back to like, you know, doing the same stuff that that you know brought you to that loss? Or are you gonna watch like the slippy vods and and lab out the situations that you're losing? And I think that making that transition is a lot easier when you're honest with your feelings. No, absolutely. And one thing you brought up that um, kind of piqued my interest was the idea of detoxing those emotions and um, I'm going to get very into the semantics of it where mm-hmm. it's o- almost like it's almost like 95% of that emotion is useless it's going to be uh, getting in your way it's going to be clouding your judgment because in this long journey that is improving at melee there's only so much room to go in heated like when you get home from the tournament if, and you're still heated, if you're going to bed, you're still mad. The next day, like, there's a point where that needs to wear off. But you could also think of it as, like, distilling all of that into the little golden nugget in the middle of it, which you could use to propel yourself forward. So there's definitely a huge amount of, you know, a, a lot of the mental work is... Um, kind of getting over the pride, you know, um, saying like not no thank you to your ego because your ego is not going to help you when you're lab in, in the lab. That's not where your ego needs to come in. But there's still something there that says, no, I want to improve. And you get to kind of morph that into that next stage of, you know, practice or, you know, and maybe it'll drive you to. Um, enter a tournament that's a little further away or hit up your Facebook group to get someone to play against. Um, It's about, yeah, it's definitely a a detox, but you need to see the the value in it as well. The driving force um, that once detached from the anger can turn into something really great. Yeah, so one player who really proved me wrong in it was IBDW. Mm-hmm. Uh, like back in like maybe like three years ago now when I like first met him he was like it was very like visible when he got frustrated from his play and stuff like that and I always thought that would be like a mental barrier that like he needed to break and like eventually he did for sure but like he hasn't really it's not that he hasn't really changed too much but I didn't really see the value in like getting mad at the time um, especially when it's like about like focused on improvement and being better but you know seeing him seeing that his frustration not really affect his play i think is super important to point out but just because it's like it's an emotion that you're feeling like you can be frustrated but it doesn't need to necessarily affect your play and i think that's super important and you can start practicing that by first how you handle your losses and being honest with yourself Mm -hmm. and then eventually it sort of leads into game where you definitely will get like frustrated or down about your your play and that's okay but like also it doesn't need to seep into the play itself which is i think really the important part oh yeah and the flip side of that uh, another little case study um was Ryobeat. and um, i remember talking to nico once um kind of about his attitude his mindset and or maybe it was through you that we spoke about this but i'll bring it up anyway he 
kind of mentioned how for a long time he was very good at um, forgiving himself. When I mentioned before that that side of the spectrum where um, you don't let you don't hold on to anger for too long. Um, you you accept the other player as beating you. You um, you walk away with the, from the tournament with more positive emotions and you're able to to you know kind of get over it more quickly. And he mentioned that um, he started to actually see the flaw in that when he wasn't improving at the same level that he would like. And it it does sound, you know, there's an intuition of, you know, don't let your emotions get in the way. That, That makes a lot of sense. But there's a practical use for the anger. And it's not a flaw more than it's part of who you are, you know, coming out and saying, no, I want this. You know, this is something I'm working for and I'm falling short. There's friction there. There's there's room for that level of frustration. And I think ignoring it kind of leads to inaction more than it leads to actual happiness. So finding the balance is really it's it's really difficult and it's it's a moving target realistically where there's no I don't think I don't think there's a single person who has found you know the magic juice to you know improve at the game but still be able to take losses with a grain of salt my, my favorite player mentality wise is Sfat right now mm-hmm. and I think his his biggest strength is that he's just been playing for so long and has been at that really, I guess I would say top 10 level, you know, rankings, you know, are besides the point, but he's been at that level for what, four or five years, like a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is what it takes to really accept, you know, the, the amount of losses that come with the territory, like, and, and it kind of gives me hope that, it's not something that just happens overnight. You can't just choose to have a good mentality, but you can find the balance between like competitive drive and acceptance of the inevitable loss. You know, even Cody, who's, you know, launched himself past everyone and is, you know, playing at the highest level is still trying to find that. He's still at times getting angry and having to work through those emotions in a way that doesn't derail him. And, you know, it's, it's difficult, but I think it's really possible. And, um, it's a personal journey a hundred percent. Yeah. And then also like, I think to pivot, it's also like what happens when you actually like succeed on your goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always a weird thing. Um, I don't know if you do. I don't really, like, make goals for tournaments, honestly. No, I don't. So, like, you know, it's hard to imagine just because, like, normally I'll just sort of, like, let my play show. And, like, there'll always be some highs and there always will be some lows for the tournament. Regardless of how well I do, right? Like, I could, like, get second at HNC, but then, like, fall short in grands, you know? And, And that's happened before at the first like, the first ever HNC where I lost to, I got, like, 
reset it on and like 6-0 or 6-1 by Rishi. You know, so like there's always highs and lows for tournaments, but I think like if you are making goals for tournaments, which works for you, that that you know that's the most important thing, right? It, it is a personal, it is a, like a very personal journey, but I think that you know, and funny enough, I was talking about this with Nico because he recently made his goal of like top 100, and I think that realizing that at the end of the day, when the tournament ends, like. You 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 still need to like kind of how do I put it? How did he put it? It was like you know you still need to you know contextualize. Push, no, like push push for more. I think is 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 what Nico was saying. Like okay. not in a way of like not acknowledging your successes and and you know there are times where like I come home from a tournament really happy with my performance and and the next few days are definitely a little bit rosier than than others right but i think mm-hmm. realizing that like along the path to like improve is you always reach new heights and then you always push a little bit further right and so like the best way is that nico put it is that last year he did well enough that he was ranked 73rd that doesn't mean that he's 73rd this year mm. and that's really what i'm trying to um can you know paraphrase but that's pretty much the exact quote that he told me. And that's sort of what I mean on a much smaller scale week to week, right? Like, if I do well at a HNC and I get, like, maybe fifth or something, last week I got fifth at HNC. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to get fifth this HNC. And I think that's important to realize is that the results are always generally in the past. And so even when you do well, um, you know, sort of to get back that feeling... You can't rest on your laurels. And, you know, it's okay to celebrate it, too. Like, I think that's another part. Like, I've definitely celebrated on on good tournament performances. I know you have, JD. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea of, like, knowing that, you know, that emotion, like, that sort of, like, you know, from the pop-off to, like, telling your friends to seeing the results on Twitter, you know, maybe the Melee Stats podcast shout-out, you know, like, all of that. I think all of that is inherently in the past and to like understand that concept i think is is really important in terms of like improvement right that let that those all happen in the past and you know at the next tournament you have to prove it again yeah and i think one kind of universal truth to wins and losses is to kind of sit in yourself and and try to process the emotion but um try to do your best and remember what it feels like. So the elation of a good win, you have to not cling to it and not make it last as long as possible. It's rather to say, I earn this and I want to feel that again and do the work to put yourself in that position more. Same thing with the loss. You earned that loss. That is, you know, to the the best to, to the best of our knowledge, like our fault. If if you had worked harder, if you had done this, you would have won. And it's very cut and dry. It's a black and white way of looking at it. But either way, if you take ownership of it and try your best to understand where it came from going forward. Then when you're sitting on the couch 
and have a few extra hours and you're about to watch TV, you could hopefully channel some of that emotion and say, I remember when I lost. Let's try to avoid that. You know, pleasure and pain, you could use both of them. But either way, they could be motivating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think... No, that, that I really like how you phrased that. Another thing that sort of just jogged my memory is something that Beer Man told me uh, before. It's definitely a little more cryptic, so I'll, let me know, JD, if it, you know, it's too Beer Man-esque. Beer Man's being cryptic? I know, right? <sighs> Shocking. Yeah. Shocking news. Find out at 8. <laughs> anyway, um, so he views... so the. It's weird because I kind of agree with it, and I kind of... No, I, I kind of agree with it. I just think he phrases it in a weird way. And he, you know, I think this is... He, he presents an interesting idea of, like, as you're improving, as you're getting better, slowly there will be times where you're kind of just running a little bit hot. You know, you, you get the wins a lot. And, and I think eventually... He views wins as sort of, like, coins that, like, you can keep in your pocket, Right. Like, oh, I got to win on this person. I got to win on that person, right? Mm -hmm. But eventually, like, if you just start thinking about the wins, those those, um, those start to weigh you down as a player. Wow. Um, and so eventually it goes into your mind, like, oh, I've beaten this person before. Like, I can do it. Or, like, oh, I can, like, oh, I'm, like, at this level because I have wins on X, Y, Z and, and all of that, right? And it really starts weighing you down and taking you away from your your gameplay, right? And so, so Beerman always talks about this idea of being okay with giving away your wins, you know, um, and sort of being like acknowledging the other person when you lose and be like, you know, good good shit. Here's your win now, you know. And I think that's a really interesting concept where the idea of having wins bogs bogs down the rest of your play right because we see that in players where you know they have a bunch of wins and then they really they don't want to lose so much that it actually changes how they were winning before you know mm -hmm. and i think that is you know whether that's either in gameplay or mentally you know i think that's a really astute thing to to observe um and so it's always been like one of the more visual analogies that that I, it's like very easy for me to imagine to be like letting go of my pockets to be to feel lighter, you know, mm -hmm. and acknowledging that like it's sort of this just like cycle of you know filling up your pockets and then letting it go and then filling it up again, you know. Oh, totally. No, I love that, and um, that could come with any success, you know. That that's not a melee uh, exclusive idea, but. Um, putting in the frame of, of tournament wins makes it really tangible to me. Um, yeah, I really like that. You know, Beer Man coming in with with the knowledge, you know? Yeah, it's it's always weird to think. I haven't played him in a while, and he's been trying to get me to play net play with him. I just haven't been feeling net players. But he is one of the best, you know, teachers in, oh, no in his own way. Uh, you know, so even if he doesn't play or compete as much, he still is a really good teacher for sure. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to move on to the second part of the yeah. question? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. So 
part two of this question is asking after tournament fe- after tournament feelings of depression wanting to give up on the game what's the point etc just you know asking about our competitive lows and then how do we deal with it or overcome them you know so yeah. you know very very i mean we all have those moments we all have down moments for sure um i think it you know it's changed for me throughout the years i think that you know earlier on i think with those disappointments it was like even if i it's funny because even if i tried not to it was a little bit like faking it till you make it in terms of and and it's so funny because i i like was self-aware of like oh like other players try to fake to my i make it but i was acknowledging my like disappointment in myself or frustration and so i think that earlier on i sort of realized that like you need to be honest with yourself and let that emotion out and then just kind of work towards the next tournament you know work towards the next whatever fest or whatever right but i think sort of now how it's still very similar i still do that but when i think about that i really sort of get more quiet and more introspective and I think the big thing is like when I get like that I I start thinking about like you know what is this for like who am I doing this for and and all that and what am I trying to prove and I think like in the end especially recently like I'm not actually I was really frustrated with how I did Genesis like yeah I took Wizard to game three but like who like honestly like I can people can take game game like a game a lot of the time you know like that's I don't want to be the guy who took Wizard to fucking game three and then lost still. You know, like that's that's not it, right? And yeah and and then I lost right after for like one twenty ninth and, and that's super frustrating. But I think it's about, you know just knowing that like there's another tournament and that like allowing myself to feel frustrated. I, I felt really frustrated about it, but then like, kind of looking more inward and, like, you know, it's not like this is a different feeling just because it was, like, a little bit higher stakes at Genesis. You know, this is something that I felt at Locals and, and all of that. And I think, how do I put it? I'm I'm being a little bit roundabout, so, so I apologize for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, it's a really interesting question, for sure. Like, how do you sort of get yourself back up? And and for me, I think, in in the simplest terms... It's just to, like, keep playing. I think I'm fairly comfortable knowing that this is the game for me. And I think, like, I know that there isn't a game that I want to, like, push myself in, you know, else. Like, I like playing other fighting games for sure, like Unist and and some Street Fighter Third Strike and stuff like that. But it's not like I have, like, really much desire to, like, get good in those games. But I know that I really enjoy Melee. And I know that, like, whether I win or lose, I won't stop playing it. And so it's just about, like, keeping playing and, like, knowing that there are, like, other tournaments out there. And that... Yes. So so that's it. Um, there's an amazing quote um, that I need to find. So, JD, do you want to... 
yeah. your spin because because sure. so there's there's a sick anime quote that I gotta find. Sure, do your thing. Um, the one I would say that I have a pretty I have a different attitude towards it, where um, I don't really take melee as a guarantee, and most of the time when I'm just living my day-to-day life, it's just in the background. It's, it's there, you know, I'm looking forward to Wednesday. I have projects that I'm always coming back to. It's consistently coming up, you know, with my practice, with everything. But when I get into that zone, the last time I, I had a really bad tournament was, defend the north and we spoke about it on the podcast but mm-hmm. yeah i remember that that was that was probably my lowest low and it made it i i remember the feeling of losing of being frustrated i didn't rage i just kind of it, it kind of washed over me as man it was it was it was hard um but i i and i'm not saying i like did the right thing here. I'm just saying what I naturally did was I, I had to get up and like walk out of the venue and walk around and I ended up um, just like getting a beer and speaking to Nathan, you know, Nathan V. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he was someone I was going to commentate with. And so I think the first step is to talk to someone who plays the game. It needs to be someone who also plays the game because other people won't understand. 100%. I actually forgot about that. That yeah. like the, this podcast ha- is like half of not feeling salty and sad about For, being a sad boy about losses. Sure. Yeah. I, I can't stress enough just the value of speaking your mind, talking through it. And sometimes you have a thought and you say it out loud. Like, I just don't want to play this game anymore. And as soon as you say it, you hear the fault in it. You, you, there's a, there's a kernel of truth in it where it is coming from a, a source of pain. But until you say those words, then you don't know if you actually mean it. And sometimes you do mean it. And and you you should either take a break or stop in its entirety. And that's kind of the point I'm I'm going towards is not to quit, but to allow yourself to give it up to to release your grasp on the game release ownership of it, release it from your identity and see how that feels and, and live without it for maybe a few days or a week if you really need to. And sometimes I think more often than not, because we're so entrenched and because just the game and the community are so great that we naturally end up back into it maybe with a refreshed perspective and maybe with our, you know, gas tank filled up and we're ready to go again. Sometimes it takes just a day until the fire just sparks back up and, and you're like, no, fuck that. I want to, I'm, I'm not going to feel like that anymore. But until you have at least one time really put yourself in that mindset of, I don't need this. This isn't who I am. I can realistically give this up and live a life without it. I think that's, you know, melee can't do everything for a person. And sometimes the suffering and the unhappiness 
that comes from a tournament loss is from expecting too much out of the game. And that's kind of the the game's way of telling you like you're expecting too much from this. Mm. And and so I think just re- kind of if you, if you have a firm grasp on the game, if this is really what you want to do, try just releasing slowly, see how that feels. And it might just come right back to you with with no extra effort. And then that's the place you want to be. Um, and that's that. I've I've had to do that a couple of times, and it, it usually does come after the tough losses, or the disappointing results, or you know making a sacrifice to go to a tournament that I ended up not wanting to make. I you know regretted going to a tournament, and I had to really reevaluate priorities. But once you put the game in perspective then you kind of get to start over and then get back into the the challenge of improvement and and the other kind of dichotomies that are surrounding us on a day-to-day basis but mm-hmm. you know depression is is real um you just got to do your best and and then there's clinical depression there's there's other things that might be attributed to a loss but you know maybe shouldn't be hitting you as hard and for that i mean i I can't recommend therapy enough or, or other sorts of help that could be out there because sometimes it feels like taking a bad loss is the reason but maybe that's just the trigger maybe that's just the catalyst to a bigger problem and so it's another question of maybe you're putting too much emphasis on melee. Maybe there's other things going on. And um, yeah, that's all I, that's all I got for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you bring up a really good point that, that I didn't hit. And it is like, definitely sometimes you're just in your own head and you have to step away from the game. Like there are definitely times where, you know, I've done that myself and, you know, it's sort of like, I just end up waking up the next day being like, you know, having, you know, my roommate or someone hit me up or just a general feeling of like, man, like it's a Sunday, like I'm tired, but like, do I want to play Melee, more, like more Melee? And it's just like this like easy, like not easy, but it like almost like begrudgingly like, yeah, like fuck, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want to play, you know, and you're still mad at yourself about everything that happened Saturday during the tournament, but it's like, fuck, yeah, like what else, what else am I fucking going to do? at like 11 a.m. on a Sunday, <laughs> you know, and I think that's a that's a really big thing. Um, and it sort of leads to. Um, yeah, and like also like talking about it's so important, like not just like with like someone from Melee who, you know, is definitely the like understands it more. But like when if like I talked about my Genesis experience with with my therapist last week, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't anything about like quitting the game or anything but you know like always like being introspective and wondering where emotions sort of come from you know is is really important right and like understanding that like sometimes the the there there are subconscious pressures of like why you need to perform an x way you know and and there's a lot of like past trauma to it too you know and so i think that shouldn't be you know thanks for bringing that up jd because it is really important too to to talk about right like i mean honestly everyone should have a therapist right but you know it is really important to talk about um 
because that could be a factor, right? And I think that's that's really important, especially with melee, which gives you such uh, euphoria and also such lows, right? It just inherently. Um, but one going to the quote that I was looking for, mm. um, it is from you know probably one of my favorite sports animes. Um, I know it's a little. I mean, it's just popular. I don't want to say it's basic, but it's Haikyuu, the volleyball anime. Yeah, I've been a, hearing a lot about that. It's it's good. You know, it's like, you know, there's like a weird like vibe of like, is it something basic just because it's popular, right? But I I really think it's it's a good sports anime, and and it's actually funny enough. I I I found it in five seconds because I I forgot it's it's my pinned tweet on on my Twitter um, profile. Okay, let's hear it. Um, but it's um, it's. You know, it's not even the main the main team, and and it's their opponent actually. And he's telling his team that, or he's telling himself that, like today might be the day to grasp the chance to let your talents bloom. And I really like that, um, just because it's always like, you know, the way I feel about tournaments is like, even no matter how much we want to do well, it's almost out of our hands on whether we do well. Mm-hmm. It depends on our bracket, it depends on how our opponents are playing, it depends on how we're feeling and what we're hitting in the game and stuff like that. And and so normally after a loss, you know, it's hard to, you know, not think that sometimes it's just like, it wasn't the moment. And it was frustrating and I have to actively work towards the one moment, the one chance where that might happen, you know. And I think that's really important is that we can't choose sometimes when we want to do well at a tournament. And I think that's okay. And I think understanding that like, that is, is for me, puts me at ease about like losses. And it's not like anything of like, not, you know, I think the, 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 the difference is, is that it's not a like understanding also that like melee and getting it is like, it's not a lottery, right? It's not like if I keep on going to a tournament without working on anything that, like, sometimes I'll, like, just perform better. Like, that is true. But if, like, you're sort of, like, chasing uh, chasing it, that you want to, like, actively work towards it. But even if you're, like, no matter how much work you put in, there's no... there. You have no say on when you'll have that good tournament, mm-hmm. that, that, that sort of high of performing well. And I think that is something that always uh that you know that i always try to be cognizant of obviously it's my pin tweet but like again if we take uh ryobita as an as an example right like you know one could argue that like it bloomed at you know when we all saw it was at genesis right he got 17th there he beat Wizrobe and and everything but how many times has he lost game five to smucker you know, for that to happen. Right. Like, almost every time. Very rarely does Nico not lose Game 5 to Smucker. Um, but, you know, and, it, and, you know, it just so happened that the universe aligned that, you know, it happened on the big stage on Genesis and it was hella hype. And then he still made a run afterwards. He beat Moki and Super for 17th. Like, it was ridiculous. Umarth. Like, but... There are so many times before that where I've seen Nico choke. And I think another great example is Lint too. You know, there's so many majors that Lint wanted to perform well and he ran into like an ICs or got upset or or whatever. And but 
you know, there are times where he's just outright won a hog monthly beating slocks and hacks and two saint, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you can't really just pick and choose those moments. Sometimes, you know, the failures happen when you want to succeed the most. And sometimes the success happens like when you just don't really want it either, you know? Oh yeah. One of my favorite metaphors for improvement is thinking of melee results when you go to a tournament as the gods deciding everyone's fate and to gain favor with the gods you have to sacrifice to them whether that's practice or tournaments in the past or mental work or analysis whatever you do to contribute towards your success those that's all that is is a sacrifice to these gods and once you put yourself in that position and play, then it's just about them deciding. And sometimes they'll just give it to the other person. You know, it's it's out of your hands. But there's a value in kind of giving up some level of agency to the moment and say, if, if it was up to everyone just who wanted it more than tournaments would be decided would be won by new people all the time it's it's a matter of what did you put into it and then just you know the serendipity of the moment a lot of factors are completely out of your control sometimes you go against someone you've never lost to and they just had like a eureka moment or they've been getting drug fox lessons or they have been able to play for six hours a day because they head off of work that week like there's so many things you can't control for and it's again it's about finding that balance of what was in your control and what can you let go of and so once you're playing that game you know there's a ton of different ways that could go it's really hard to figure that out but that is the correct game to be playing and if it results in an actionable step forward then that's all you can do like you're winning you're converting that energy into a positive outcome and what else what else do you want um Mm -hmm. i also want to use this as an opportunity to transition into the other topic i wanted to talk about Uh, yeah thank you andre um, yeah actually i i have one final closing thought if if that's all right jd yeah do it man do it up um I think another thing is, and and we've said it, I think, in a lot of different ways, which has been really fun, but in the end, it goes back to um, making it about the game, you know? And I think being, uh, you know, true to yourself, and, and part of truth is being objective, right? And I think that what helps me a lot, especially during tough losses, is, you know, going back and watching it, or, and, like, or thinking about if I don't have a video and like kind of being honest with like what what you know what I messed up on right and I think knowing what I messed up on and knowing what is the next immediate path I need to take whether that's fixing my edge guards or or working on my tech skill or you know learning a matchup right I think that's that's really really important because in the end it is about you know the gameplay right and and i think that being objective and true to yourself is also 
acknowledging that, you know, at, regardless of any tournament where, you know, we go to, regardless of the highs or the lows, are us as players are still unfinished products. And there's still important, you know, things that we need to tackle to get better, regardless of the result. Mm-hmm. And I think acknowledging that we're unfinished products, like, always puts me at ease in those, like, you know, both in those up or down moments. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Good way to cap it off. Mm-hmm. So, um, this kind of goes into this topic, but but something else I want to talk about. Um, a recent 1v1 I did this weekend with Ipangu, which will likely go out either this Friday or next Friday. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, it was it was a great conversation. It was one of the few times where um, we just like blew past an hour. You know, I'm one mm-hmm. a little inside in, uh, info through the through the curtains. Um, I I like to cap it earlier. I'd rather it be a little too short and not run out of steam. But mm-hmm. obviously, if it if it's just a hot conversation then why stop it and i actually had to cap it because we were coming up on like an hour and 10 minutes and like his girlfriend was home my girlfriend was home and we're like shit we gotta we gotta get back to our lives but um the reason it was such a good conversation is because we hit this topic of using melee as a I, i i'm gonna paraphrase but it's a way for us to discover ourselves and to find our own voices. And I love this line of thinking because it does two things at the same time, almost contradictory things, where it strips our identity from melee, but also intertwines it in a certain way. And what I like about it is it validates the work that we put into this game and realizes like the universal work that that is kind of a surrogate for so when we're talking about going to a tournament and taking a tough loss that is a metaphor for losing for trying your best at something and coming up short for having someone else get what you want right in front of you. And that is a type of work that we're very lucky to be experiencing on a weekly basis and that there's value to that outside of the game. So in terms of losses, it it helps us with that, but also with a skill set we're developing to, you know, maybe it, it's as simple as setting up our time, our time management skills, you know, or for us learning how to do a podcast and market and brand um, or finding our voice and being able to articulate ourselves and what we really feel. There's there's so much to that where. Man, I mean, me and Ipengu could have spoken about it for hours and hours, you know, because we were talking about it from the frame of content, because that's a very easy conversation. Like we do content about Melee, but that's helping us improve those skills. But I want to turn to you, Will, and um, 
obviously you're a content creator too, meta conversation, what we're doing right now. How do you feel that Melee has affected your life in that way? And what skills would you say are most prominent that came out of this process? Mm. Oh, man, I love this topic. Uh, it brings me back to uh, something similar I talked about with Tiramisu, you know, yeah. about sort of the outer reaches of Melee outside of the game, like how it's affected you um, during that 1v1, which is like, I think our fourth one, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. But, you know, for me personally, and it's funny because I was like, as I was telling my you know, therapists about Melee kind of like weaving the context for, for the Genesis talk uh, that I had last week with her, you know, explaining why Melee is so important to me, right? And I think it is that it's it's a mic and and I've always viewed it as a, a microcosm of like life. And so it's a lot of the time like things are sped up in a way that, you know, you do something and you get immediate feedback for it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you do X and, and Y happens. And so immediate that, you know, it's sort of hard to, you know, as long as you remember that, like, you know, life in general just moves slower than that, that it's sort of, you can, it translates a lot. And I think what I found is that a lot of the time I find myself, you know, wondering what I would, how I would respond if this was melee, you know, and I think that's what ends up happening. So, like, for example, like, you know, let's talk about, like, you know, you mentioned handling losses, and, and we've been talking about that this whole episode. You know, I think a lot of the time knowing how I process that emotion and knowing what works for me to, you know, move forward is is something that, like, is irreplaceable, that only, like, really Melee showed me, and I can apply that to, like, whatever it is, you know? So, like, when I realized I, like, didn't like my job um, and I needed to get, like, a new one, you know, I sort of knew how to be proactive and knew that, like, how to push myself through being frustrated with it, even though, like, because of Melee, right? And I think that's really what is so cool about it is that you experience this range of emotion that you don't get to experience if you don't have, like, a hobby like this, you know? And it's not just, like fighting games or whatever but like you know there's just such a wide range of emotions of like where you learn more about yourself through the process that i think is irreplaceable like you know knowing how i think like you know for example like a little bit more personal but like for some reason and and this was a big hang-up for me i think uh last year you know and, and jd you know about my relationship with my with my parents and stuff like that like you know, they, for some reason, think I need, like, a lot of, like, help or assistance, like, um, like, pushing myself, because, like, you know, they've seen as a kid, like, me not being as, you know, not being that quote-unquote, like, good student, like, I was always, like, kind of, like, B+, plus, B, B, B plus-ish range, but not, like, the A student that they sort of wanted, and so, see, they, so they always thought that I was, like, kind of lazy, and I didn't really, like, push myself or anything and I've had to like actively like tell them that like no I just like wasn't interested in it because I know that like if I'm interested in a topic and and the 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 general background conversation for conduct is is that they want me to go to grad school and I'm like you know not yet like I'm just not ready for it like I don't want to go half-baked you know because I know that I've seen it like when I go in something half-baked like there really isn't a lot of effort and it's really funny because like 
in melee like you know sort of like through this podcast i'm sure you guys like have some idea of me and 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 you know and you guys know how much i like put into the game and i think that's something that i know like i you know i've actively told my parents it's like no like it's not me being lazy that i don't want to go to grad school but like i just know that like when it's time when i'm ready when i have the topic that i want to go into for that like i can put my best foot forward because like i'm not lazy i don't need like extra help being like pushed to do something i'm actually like quite driven and quite disciplined it just has to be the topic that makes me like that you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that is only something i could do like only something i could say because of how i've seen myself act with melee like i don't think i've ever seen myself like there there have been other things for sure like um but like seeing having to constantly push myself in melee like i'm fairly sure i'm like a very motivated person and fairly driven uh once i find that topic or whatever it is i want to do and i think that can't be rushed but i think that it's interesting that i can say like no like that's not my personality even if it's someone who's like seen you grown up for so long right Right. And and I think what I'm getting at is that Melee has always taught me about myself in a way that in in a lot faster way than life has. And so through Melee I feel like I've grown a lot as a person. Not in terms of not always like through like the usual like becoming, you know, wiser, learning something new or learning a new lesson, but more so in just like discovering who you are, what ticks for you um and and you know what motivates you how do you handle x emotion you know joy or sadness or or loss or whatever you know and i think or self-doubt right like i think that's really you know what melee's done for me outside of of melee really you know like even handling like you know nervous settings right like sometimes like i just think like yeah all right like nothing is harder than like playing on stage sometimes you know mm-hmm. and like i can be like all right i'm nervous at work i'm nervous for this meeting or whatever this presentation and being like all right well at least i'm not like playing on a fucking stage you know yeah um and so i think those are two examples you know of like how melee sort of like plays an active role outside of you know melee yeah no i i love that and i totally agree i mean i don't think there's anything else right now that would wake me up at 520, you know, on a daily basis to, to get this work done. And realistically, I'm, I'm excited for the time where I'm, I give up on melee, you know, it's happened before. I'm not saying I want to give up or want to quit, but mm-hmm. naturally that, you know, everything ends. So there's probably going to be a point where I've decided it's enough and I take a step back, but I, have now have a framework to understand what drives me. And so maybe I don't know what that next thing is. Maybe I do turn and do full-time comedy. Maybe comedy's not it. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's just making videos or, or doing other types of podcasts. I don't know, but I do know that I, I know what it takes to wake me up and to get me doing that work consistently and if 
my next thing doesn't feel like that, then I know it's not for me. And so getting a framework for what drives you and what your passions are and at the same token, having an opportunity to develop those skills and to try things out because Melee brought me to the table, making that, you know, Billy Joel parody because I was excited to share something with the Melee community, doing the PR raps because I wanted to, you know, show off, you know, that side of me those opportunities would not have come and I wouldn't have been driven to make them if it wasn't a backdrop for my favorite game and to a community that would um, appreciate it more than a general community. And so it's almost like a second college in a way where like, yes, we're still working and we're still making a living and, you know, we're, we're pretty much in the real life, you know, we're not in a college setting really, but we get to put our energy towards something that can cultivate our skills with other people. And then there's also, you know, a bunch of degeneration going on too. So it's kind of like college in that sense. But, you know, the what I was so excited to talk about with Ipengu was how universal that was with other people that you think are like, oh, they're just doing full-time melee. It's like, no, he has he has more general love for, you know, making stuff. It's just melee is, is his passion and he gets to kind of smush those together and start, you know, his career towards something he really wants to do. We also talked about how melee is like impossible to get into, you know, check out the episode if you want. Um, Although our 1v1 episodes don't need any extra help. They're they're doing quite well on their own. Um, Let's but check it, was, it out. Yeah, definitely. If you're if you're listening to this, you know, listen to that. I'm sure you're listening to that too. Um, but yeah, that just that definitely put a new fire in me. Um, and I'm actually talking to uh, Phil Nolan later oh i can't wait for that i cannot fucking wait for that i'm on a content creator streak yeah that guy i love his content he is the the content guy he's the content guy the stuff he does for for combo breaker and for the fgc in general is it has been crazy yeah he just like pops up out of nowhere he's like hey i made that like no shit you you made it it's it's a good video (laughs) like i'm sure he had some part in it i know Um, i know yeah i mean yeah everything he does this has been really cool definitely no check doubt. out his channel too i mean like the dbz saga you know like just love phil's content he's a good yeah. friend of mine too so you know nerding I out a little bit. i think i'll learn a lot from him um just kind of how he approaches everything I, i'm excited mm-hmm. um okay so we're coming up at the end of our uh, you know we're definitely uh we definitely got to go to work soon um did you want to talk about something you've been the the wannabe watch list real quick yeah yeah let's let's bring that back you know uh for me it's been uh i've been really reading and liking both the videos and the articles from one hp you know the 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 one that handles gaming injuries um you know and you know they had a booth at genesis which is really cool and stuff like that but reading their articles and like seeing them break down the science of like both hand health and like the necessary like steps to perform well like physically for 
people, you know, for anyone who competes has been really interesting and especially prevalent because um, no hand pains, but just since Genesis, um, my hands just have just like kind of maxed out on their stamina. Mm-hmm. And so it's just easy to see that like they're very fatigued and that they needed uh, some rest, especially going from what, like four days, four straight days of playing into like playing with hacks, then also doing the fest on Saturday for Nico's campaign. Right. And so seeing all of that, like my hands have just been feeling a little extra tight lately. And so I've been using one HP as a resource guide to, you know, how to handle it, how to, how do I, you know, you know, go about it, both strengthen myself, my hands so that like, you know, I can last longer and I won't get injured, but also on how to recover properly. And, you know, a lot of their stuff has been like really amazing. So that's, that's my shout out for the week. Nice. Yeah, my shout-out is a book that I just finished. I've been reading on my commutes. Um, It's by my favorite comedian, Pete Holmes. It's called Comedy Sex God, not Comedy Sex God. It's like three different words. And it's it it goes into kind of his story, how he came up. Um, But it really dives into his... um, his journey in faith and how he started off as a devout Christian and slowly had that kind of stripped away and what he believes in now, which is a lot more of a generalized spirituality. And I wouldn't call myself spiritual by any means, but as I was reading this man's words and how it's coming from a comedian, it's not coming from a, a guru or a spiritual leader. Um, it kind of like hit me a little stronger and I was able to um, kind of quiet my thoughts a little more often and be a little more present this past week. And so I'm actually trying to find something else along that path, um, a little more philosophy, a little more maybe spirituality that um, would give me that ease of mind and kind of help me be um, just a little little more at ease a little more willing to um, check in with myself do things more mindfully that sort of stuff um yeah it's, it's one of the first books i've read that kind of had that impact and felt pretty good awesome yeah that sounds good and now this is going to become a spiritual journey podcast it's a podcast about everything and nothing yeah pretty much everything and melee yep but that's all we got, man. We gotta we gotta call it quits. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to work. So I'll shout out Young for beating me. Still salty about it. Yeah, I want to like say Nico for summit, but hopefully makes in it in but, the second round, which yeah. would happen before this podcast release. So, mm-hmm. but you know, fingers crossed is what I'll do. Fingers crossed. Vote for Nico. I know. I got a hoodie. Their, their gallant hoodie is kind of fire. Not gonna lie. Or. Yeah, I got to get something, too. Anyway, um, I'll talk to you later, man. Have a good day at work. Yeah, have a good day at work. Bye, everyone.